0: All things New Orleans Saints. This is Houdat discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another off-season episode of the Houdat discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Golota. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata, and then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Disc. and we have a fun episode in store for you today as we're going to break down the news of the Ryan Ramcheck contract extension with the Saints. At five years, $96 million, a big contract for the Saints and Ramcheck, as now he's going to be the highest paid right tackle which i think is very very interesting i think it's a good deal on both sides cuz i honestly i was expecting ramcheck to maybe try to get left tackle money so i mean for the saints obviously he maxes out that right tackle money but you know obviously you know when you talk about some guys getting over a 100 million over on the left side it's definitely i think a good deal for the saints and a good deal for ramcheck i mean cuz he is just to me really one of the best left uh, right tackles excuse me in the league and um, just so so valuable to the Saints team. So we'll talk about his contract. We'll talk about what it means for the offensive line for the Saints going forward, and who they're going to keep. A guy like Taron Armstead, who obviously is coming into the final year of his contract. Um, his prior contract now, you know, he's going to obviously look to get a new one with the Saints or with another team at the end of 2021. So that's going to be definitely interesting to look at as well. Then we'll get into who the Saints are going to give their next extension to, because I think that's definitely really important. Will it be Marcus Williams? Will it be Marshawn Lattimore? Will it be Tyrell Armstead? It definitely will be very, very interesting. And then finally, with the extension with Armstead, he lowered his cap number. So now the Saints are up to $11.9 million in cap space, which, I mean, if you would have told me that when they were 100 over, it was almost unheard of, but they're back over $10 million in the double-digit positives, which is honestly great to see. And we'll see who they can add here in um, you know these late stages of free agency. You have a guy like Richard Sherman still out there. You have a guy like Juan Alexander, who was obviously with the Saints last year and made a big difference. But now he's going to be coming back from injury, but he is still out there. All these players, it is really, really interesting to see just the plethora of veterans available. You have Golden Tate, the wide receiver position. You just go down the list. Um, there are a lot of guys here, so um, it's definitely a very interesting, you know, situation. Obviously, with the pandemic and the cap situation because of it, and obviously the loss of rem- revenue from the 2020 season, it's you know, you're seeing the effect with the veterans, and you, you just go down the list, and you know, there are vets still out there and available to you know, you have KJ Wright still out there, another linebacker that's still available, I and mean, you just go down the list of all of these, um, you know, veterans that are still there. And I think the Saints could probably take advantage of it, um, especially with their newfound cap space. So we'll get into that at the end of the show as well. But I do want to start off here talking about Ramshack. Five years, 96 million, $19 million signing bonus, $60 million guaranteed for the right tackle. And he'll be under contract until 2026. And you know, this is obviously a great contract for Ramshack because he's now the highest paid. Right tackle, $19.2 million, I believe, per year. Obviously, a great deal for him. For the Saints, I think it was a good deal because you're not paying him left tackle money. I think that's really important when going forward. I mean, I know there's a stipulation in his contract to see if he gets a million dollar incentive if he's named to a first or second uh, all pro team, but it has to be at left tackle. So it'd be interesting if the Saints are kind of planning for him to flip over to left tackle. And Taron Armstead to leave after this year, which would be very interesting. I, I mean, that's another move that's definitely a little questionable. Just how good this duo is between Armstead and Ramcek, I would not break it up until the you know until you saw you know um, kind of the play when Armstead gets older and you know you see that obviously with age athleticism goes down, you see that dip in play. I would not get rid of these guys until you see that tackles are just so so important in this league. And you, you need, um, definitely you need good ones. I mean, you just look you know, look at the Bucks who won last year. They had two really good tackles. And, you know, I think the Saints are obviously going to need that there. And they had a lot of success with these two guys. So I wouldn't understand it getting uh, rid of them. And, I mean, it will be interesting. I mean, Armstead, he's a guy that really deserves to get a big contract extension. And, you know, he almost deserves to get it as a Saint because, um, you know, he's just been an amazing part of this Saints team ever since he was drafted and, Obviously, he was a great left tackle, you know, protecting Drew Brees for all those years, and especially these last four years where, you know, he's also going into a leadership role. So, all that stuff is obviously, you know, really big, and you would love to see him continue his time with the Saints. And I mean, again, also, you look at all the times he, you know, was the team friendly when he restructured his contract, and now, you know, I think it's time for him to get paid. So, That'll definitely be an interesting scenario, but is that little stipulation in Ramchak's contract meaning he's gonna flip over to left tackle? I trust, you know, him at left tackle, but who are you bringing in to play right tackle? I think that's kinda you know the big thing. I mean, Ramchak, I I, I do think that he's just such a solid player. He's a slam duck a dunk, excuse me, at this point going into his fifth season. You just can't believe time really flies. I remember when he was drafted. Felt like yesterday, and now he's already getting his big, you know, contract extension here. And, you know, he's a player that a lot of people felt like the Saints basically, um, you know, after the whole thing with Alden Smith, it looked like the Saints were um, kind of settling, not settling for Ramchuk, but he was their backup option. And it ends up working out perfectly for the Saints. So, again, all good things, you know, it's just like everything happens for a reason. And this was obviously a really good thing that the Saints just, I mean, I'm not going to say that they just, you know, um, came in on it and just, you know, fell into their laps, but it's one of those situations where sometimes you settle and it works out, and that's obviously the case with the Saints in this pick, so um, with Ramcheck, you know, he, you look at what he, you know, is able to do with the Saints offensive line, it's just a steady part of it, I mean, you go from Zach Streif, who was a really steady part of the Saints lines for many years with Drew Brees under center, and they went to Ramcheck so seamlessly, it's like, you know, you don't even notice it. And that's just I mean, just a testament to Ramcheck and you know what he's able to do. I mean, just so good at all facets, good at pass protection, good in blocking as well. You never worry about him. And he went up against the best talent over the years, JJ Watt. He went up against I mean, just these, you know, you just you can go down the line of everyone he went up to. I remember the JJ Watt one was big, um, you know, because I believe Watt, like, um, did very well against Zach Streif. And now with Jack it was not the same. Um, you know, you, you, you look in the division with, you know, the defensive ends for the Bucks with JPP and, um, you know, uh, Shaq Barrett. So, he really did a great job and just complete, continue, will continue to do a great job. And he's just one of those mainstays with the Saints. And it was really an easy contract to do. The Saints didn't give up their hand, though, because a lot of people thought the Saints would just, you know, give in to Ramchak and just get it done because he's such a solid player and the Saints need the cap space. But the Saints didn't. They kept their leverage. And the Saints get a fair deal here instead of overpaying and giving a ton of money. They don't even have to hit those triple digits, which, I mean, again, I feel like for a right tackle, I guess, that would be really setting the market. But, He's still the highest-paid right tackle, but didn't get left tackle. You know, top money. Didn't get the Laramie Tunsil money, which I mean, you know, you could say whatever you want, but I think that's a win for the Saints and it's a win for getting to get him for five years. It's a win to lower his cap hit for next year, um, which is obviously really big, and it's only going to be. A, I think it's going to be um, like six million ad, uh, added. I think it was or five million. How much the uh, how much they're going to pay him this year because. Now, the Saints added $5.5 million to their cap space. So, whatever that difference is to what he was supposed to, his cap space was supposed to be for this year. And now um, it's, you know, it's going to be $5.5 So So, uh, definitely a, a generous cap hit for the Saints and they definitely save a lot of money. But now, you know, you're, you're going to look at, um, you know, uh for Ranchek and his positives and he gets this big contract, highest paid right to Apple. I think that's a huge win for him. I think it's just really a fair deal all around. He gets the the security of, you know, a long-term deal, 60 million guaranteed. It's a lot of money up front guaranteed. Well, I guess not up front, but guaranteed it's going to happen. He's going to get it. And then obviously 19 million up front. That's obviously a nice signing bonus, I think that everybody would agree on that. So All in all, a really good signing, and you turn over to this offensive line, and we already talked about it a little bit, but, you know, Terran Armstead, what does this mean for him? Because, you know, you look at Armstead, and he's a guy that's been a mainstay with the Saints, as we said. Is that, you know, left tackle situation with that stipulation, in his contract, what does that mean for Terran Armstead? I do think that, you know, it's really important to kind of talk about it and see, you know, what's going to happen here, because, I mean, he's just a player that's come in here and just done such a great job for the Saints and just you know it's tough to see if if he goes it's just really really tough i mean the Saints you know he's really just been a mainstay for the Saints team and he's played so so well especially lately where you know the injury bug i mean i feel like he's always a little banged up but he's the last few years he's really came through and's played a lot of games i mean you just go back 2020 14 games 2019 15 games and like the, those last two years he was battling through things and it really looks like he's taking that next Step here, you know, to try to be healthy because when he's healthy, he's really one of the best left tackles in the league. And last year down the stretch, he was arguably the best player for the Saints. I mean, he was just playing at such a high, high level. Obviously, I think everyone goes to the play where he blocked, um, pulled like a Michael Orr, where he was blocking guys out of bounds, and it was obviously really, uh, you know, fun to see. But he's just such a great player and such a great leader that I just wouldn't want to, you know, let him go. But does this contract mean that, you know, what do you mean? Everything everyone has? I mean, you look at that stipulation, I, I I think there's a possibility Armstead leaves. I don't think it's a slam dunk. He stays a New Orleans Saint. I think there's a possibility he stays for sure. I would probably put it to 50, 60% he stays, but then you have that 40, 50% he leaves. I think it's probably, I think it's closer he stays. I think it's more 60, probably 60, 40, but 40% is a big percent. So I think it's going to be right around there. And, you know, I I think the Saints, they've, I, I think, built enough depth on the offensive line if they needed to um replace. Uh, arm said either with a draft pick or whoever they have in in-house where they get in free agency I, I think they would be fine there but it would be tough to lose a player like that especially when you know you're looking at this quarterback position and yes even if Winston or Hill whoever, whoever ends up starting let's say they do well their first year and they come back the second year you know it's still only their second year in the system so you would like to see some continuity on the offensive line so I, I think that's definitely something you know you got to talk about I mean would they move Andrews Pete to tackle again I don't think so um and then, you know, from there, I mean, are you sold on, you know, Landon Young, who they got in the draft this year? I mean, I just don't know. And it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, a draft pick will be very interesting, because I think that's kind of where you'd get your future guy. Maybe you had a guy in for agency as well. But uh, I think right now you want to try to, you know, lock up Armstead. And if you can't, and he wants a big extension somewhere else, I mean, you know, that's something that you'll have to accept. But I, I would try to do anything in my power, too. I know the cap situation is probably going to be bad, but... You know, if you can try to resign them him, I think that would be the best case for the Saints. Moving over to who should they sign next? And, you know, we're going <laughs> to, who should they extend? And it's very, very interesting. We're going to get into it because I think it's a very interesting conversation. Is it going to be Marcus Williams? Is it going to be Marshawn Lattimore? I think it's just very, very intriguing to see who they give the money to, or is it Armstead? Will they give it to Armstead and keep on that offensive line solidifying, you know, where the Saints have had a ton of success, which is in the trenches, blocking up for Alvin Kamara, protecting for Drew Brees, or whoever's that quarterback this year. Obviously, it won't be. It'll be Winston or Hill. But again, I think this is just such, such an interesting conversation. But first, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat discussion. And now we're gonna get into our conversation about who the Saints should extend next after Ryan Ramcheck. And there were a lot of candidates coming into this offseason from obviously Ramchak was one of them, but Lattimore, Marcus Williams, and then also Terran Armstead, those were kind of the big ones. And I think it's gonna be very, very interesting to see what the Saints do. Because you look at these three guys, and I think they all have their positives. They all have kind of their down points. I mean, I'm just going to go straight through here. Start off with Williams, Marcus Williams. I think he hit that next level last year. And I think he hit that, you know, turning into a veteran, a, a seasoned player. I mean, not a veteran, only his fifth year. But, you know, just a seasoned player. The way he was tackling, the way he was defending, looks like he was hitting that next step. And it looks like he was really hitting the prime of his career that is extremely intriguing because he just has so much talent and he had a great rookie season. I think he got, you know, a little sidetrack from the Minnesota miracle and, you know, some up and down play in 2018, 2019. But 2020 was just outstanding. And, I mean, he came to play all year. He was a difference maker all year. And, you know, when you look at that player, he can elevate your defense. And honestly, I think that has to do something with, you know, bringing in, Malcolm Jenkins, and once the Saints really knew how to use and utilize Malcolm Jenkins' skills and his skill set, I think that really helped um, uh, Marcus Williams, and that's a player I want to resign. Even when he was a little up and down 2018-2019, still probably arguably a top 10 free safety, maybe even better. He's put up, you know, a lot of picks in his career. 13, I think, in his first uh, four years, which is, you know, a good amount of interceptions, and, you know, hit four twice, three last season, and Honestly, I just think he's one of the, one of those guys that you want to see on your team. I think he's a difference maker and when you pair him with, you know, another strong safety like Jenkins or CD Deuce, Johnson Garner Johnson, you just love to see that combo and he's a player you would love to re-sign. Now the problem is is that is free safety the biggest impact position where you're going to give a guy a big contract because I see I mean he deserves it. He deserves to get a big contract 4 years 60-70 million whatever it ends up being, 50 to I would say probably between 50 and 65 probably it ends up being. And, I mean, he would get it in the open market. It's just, you know, will the Saints be willing to pay him? I think they will be. And he's a guy that I would give it to, I think, free free safety. I think you can find, you know, a good free safety elsewhere for sure. Probably not at the level of Williams, you know, in, in like free agency or something. Maybe obviously in the draft if you get your pick. But you could probably fill it easier if you have other positions that are good. If you have that good strong, uh, strong safety. If you have a good cornerback duo, like you can kind of live with maybe an average or barely above average free safety. But, I mean, with the Saints you're looking at their, you know, their hole right now at cornerback two. And, I mean, I do love their depth at safety, though, otherwise. Um, and then, you know, with Lattimore, I mean, can you extend both Williams and Lattimore? I think you could. I mean, it would probably make a more, you know, <laughs> Kai Hartley, it would give him a lot of problems to solve with the calf, but I think you could. If I had to pick between the two, and I, I think this is kind of what, you know, the conversation we're getting at, it's just very, very hard. Because Williams, he's going to be, a, you know, he's the more, I think, going to turn into the more consistent player compared to Marshawn Lattimore, who has just been inconsistent. And, you know, he plays up to his competition, which, look, in the playoffs, it does you well. He was great in the playoffs, you know, great in the big games, great against Mike Evans, good against you know, Julio Jones, whoever it may be, but he plays Alan Lazard, and he gives up a big game, and that's a problem when you're going to give a corner, what, 90 to 100 million dollars, and that's something that I think you have to talk about, and really, you know, contrasting these guys, I mean, would you give it to them, or would you give it to Taron Armstead, who has been the epitome of consistent, solid, Pro Bowl play for the last five, six years, seven years, really, and is that the guy you want to give it to, but the age is the issue. That's kind of your thing. Do you want to have, you know, a position in corner, which means so, so much, but you may have a guy that's a little inconsistent and may not play up to his competition or um will only play up to his competition and not play against the guys that um aren't, you know, sink down a little bit to his competition and, you know, get burned by guys like Alan Lazard. You know, do you want the safety that's, you know, really, really consistent? I think he's a really solid player. Um, has his up and downs throughout his career, but I think he's really turning into a really solid pro. But safety, you could probably find you know a player that's kind of like him um, or similar, com- comparable to him in other places. Or do you go for the tackle, which is in a very important position? Left tackle, obviously, extremely important. He's shown to you that he can do it. He's a you know pro bowler. He's you know all pros. He was best player on your team, arguably, at the end of last year. But now the age is going to be a question, especially with the injury history. And you just paid check, Where is that situation going to? And it's just such an interesting conversation. I would almost lean towards Armstead just because you know what type of player he is. But the age is an issue. I mean, the age is an issue with him. And you look how old he's getting. Um, and, you know, especially if you're going to give him a big contract five, six years. Because, um, look, he is going to be 30. Um, which, again, giving a five, six-year contract to a guy who's 30... That's the issue. It's not that he's old right now, but it's that when he's 34, 35, what type of player he's going to be in his six-year deal. And when you're paying him probably at that point a big cap hit, that's something you have to weigh. I would probably still go with Armstead. He'd probably be my first pick, to be honest with you. I mean, you you get your solidify your tackle due. I think that means a lot more, probably even more than a secondary as the whole. As much as cornerbacks, obviously, in this passing league matters, to be good in the trenches, it keeps you good for a long time. It keeps you consistent, keeps you winning games in the regular season, and in the playoffs as well. You need to be good in the trenches. I mean, look at the Bucs, they were great in the trenches, great front seven, good offensive line. Armstead gives you, you know, with that duo with Ramchek, to me the best tackle duo in the league. That solidifies it for another three, four years. I like that. And that I like the prospects of that. If you had to go the defensive route, and you had to go between Williams and Lattimore. It's such an interesting conversation. I mean, I would love to keep both guys because they both have their pros. You know, as we talked about, both have, you know, their cons. I mean, you look at Lattimore, just the, the inconsistency, um, you know, has this off the field issue. I think it will get worked out and probably not be, you know, an in- issue um, long term. But, um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you look at his cap hit this year, they already lowered his cap hit to like $2 million. And now they'll next year have like a $7 million hit because he obviously is his fifth year option. So they spread it out over two years, which, um, you know, it isn't other Saints, you know, cap wizard, wizardry thing. <laughs> and obviously, you know, it's helping the Saints get to 11.9 million in caps. So that's great. Um, but you know, you'll have $7 million in dead money if he leaves. But he's a guy that I think the Saints won't extend him just because his cap hits already small. And I got like Williams, you can, you know, make your cap even larger if you re-sign him, because then, you know, I, I think it's like 10 million is his um cap right now, uh, but if he, obviously, if he, you know, you, you sign him long-term, he's like a 5 million cap at this year, now you have another 5 million in space, and then you get that. Lattimore would probably be the same, because he's already only at 2 million right now, it would probably be the same, and then you would have to add on, you know, next year and the year after. I think that leans you even more towards Williams, Williams being the more consistent player, you would probably be more comfortable giving him the money. But Lattimore is such a good player. And we saw it in the playoffs, which is why I'm not too worried about Lattimore because I think he plays up to his competition in the playoffs. You're playing against good competition. He plays, he's a big game player. Uh, you know, he's never let the Saints down in a big game. You know, he just didn't. I mean, you can go back to the playoffs and I'll do that right now. Um, you, know, you look at Saints-Bucks and look, I know the Saints, you know, that game was you know <laughs> offensive struggles for sure. But, you know, you look at the way that defense played, a valiant effort, and you look at, you know, this game here, you know, from the, um, you know, from the Saints defense, and especially the secondary, I mean, I thought they played outstanding, basically the best they can do, because, you know, I'm just looking at the stats right now. I mean, looking at the receiving, you, uh, Mike Evans had one catch for, you know, three yards. I know he had the touchdown, but he had one catch for three yards. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's big. Godwin, four catch, 34 yards. I mean, they're two, you know, <laughs> leading receivers with Fournette and Braid. Nothing to do with the secondary. So, you, you know, you see what this, this secondary can do. You see what Lattimore can do when healthy and when playing at the top of his game. And he's done it in the playoffs time and time again, 2018, which, you know, he had a tough beginning of the season, but he came through in the playoffs. He had an amazing game against the Eagles, the two interceptions, turned that game around for the Saints, played good in the NFC Championship as well. 2017 playoffs, he was really solid too. Again, like that's the thing. Like you think about him, like, yes, Williams is a more consistent player and he helps you with the cap, but Lattimore shows up when you need to. And you know, Williams, I think he does too. And I think he will. So, I mean, like he was a reason why the Bucks didn't, you know, have a big game through the air as well in that playoff game, but Lattimore shows up and, you know, you need that from another one corner. And I, I would love to keep both. It's such a hard decision. I mean, let's say the off-the-field stuff with Lattimore ends up being nothing. It's just more than a blip in the road. I'd probably give it to Lattimore, to be honest with you. Um, again, I, the cap space this year I think will be enough. I don't think it's an issue. I don't think it should be a full reason of why you you know, elect to go with Williams over Lattimore. It's so, so close, though. I'd love them to get both, but I think both guys are really good. I would extend all three if I could. We'll see if they can. I think it's going to be very interesting. I would rather keep them... Over who they bring in, you know, who they can possibly bring in free agency or something like that, um, and you know, not give out money in free agency and just keep your guys. I think they can at least keep two out of them, and you know, it'll be interesting to see who would be the odd man out there. Um, but again, I think it's a very, very interesting situation between those guys, and uh, I guess I would go Armstead, and just it's like almost a deadlock tie between um and williams are just such great players and just masters of their craft and you know they, they, they do do what they do very very well and the scenes pick both of those picks so so well and you know they're really pro bowl players and again that's the you know all pro players and you know Lattimore is i believe made at least one all pro i know obviously the rookie of the year but i know he's made the pro bowls um but you know and, and they'd get paid in the open market for sure uh, but, I mean, Lattimore, if he's playing at the top of his game, which he has in the playoffs, he's came up in big games, I think that kind of puts him over the edge. Williams, I think everyone's going to go back to the Minnesota Miracle. I'm not even going to bring it up because I think he did play well, um, you know, in this year's playoffs. I mean, he had a pick in the Minnesota Miracle game. But, uh, I, again, I, I feel like with 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 these guys, I mean, you just want to keep them all. Um, but, you know, if they, they couldn't, I mean, I would love to just, you know, solidify that offensive line move over, you know, you got that number one corner and you don't have to worry about it. It's a nice, you know, it's a nice thing to have because if he's playing at the top of his game, he's a top three corner. And it's just so nice to not have to worry about that side of the field. It doesn't always happen that way, but it's just so nice to have that corner. I think it's really hard to find another number one corner like Marshawn Lattimore. I think it's a little easier to find one in, in Marcus Williams, but he is such a good player too. I mean, considering who was there beforehand for the Saints, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, you, you got to look towards... Uh, keeping both. I mean, the Saints have also though, since Dan allen has been in place, they've been very good at picking secondary players, you know, since 2016 because they've been able to get, I mean, the first one was PJ Williams, third round pick still with the team. So not a bad pick for a third round selection. And then 2017, you hit on Lattimore and Williams big time. You know, both secondary players are very, very good. Um, 2018, you have no secondary. I think you had the, whatever, fifth round picks, whatever. Those are not the ones really, I'm really talking about top three rounds. And then 2019 with uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson in the fourth round. You know, those are some really, really good picks we'll see this year at the Debo in the third. But again, I feel like the Saints have been very good at drafting uh, uh, secondary players under Dennis Allen. And you know we'll see with Chris Richard. But again, I, I think it is really, really important. And maybe then you feel more confident about letting one of these guys go. And that's also something you have to talk about. You know, you, would you be confident letting... Uh, you know, one of these guys go if you can replace them in the draft. It's also easier to replace, get a safety in the draft and get a good safety in the draft compared to a corner. That's another thing to talk about, or an offensive lineman for that matter. I mean, you know, there's a reason that a lot of offensive linemen go up front because it's not, you know, that depth there. And so there's a big difference between your number one offensive lineman that's going to go in the top 10 compared to your number 10 offensive lineman that's going in the second round. So obviously you can find your gems, but that's kind of the case there. And before we wrap up the show, I do want to talk about the now the Saints new cap space, new found cast space. I do want to talk about um you know what they're gonna do with this cap space because you have some holes. And we've talked about in the last few episodes where we recap the offseason and kind of the holes of this team. You're looking at corner, you're looking at linebacker, maybe a little at skill position player as well. And you know <laughs> with the night with 11.9 million in space, you know, you you gotta think about it now about who can you add to this team. Everyone's going to go to Richard Sherman, and we ought to talk about him. If the Saints could pick up Sherman, I think that's a huge signing. And even if Sherman's not, obviously, not a Legion of Boom self, I think bringing him in here with Adebo, you had your bets. You did everything you could to replace Janoris Jenkins, in my mind, if you would get a guy like Richard Sherman. And, you know, it may not be a perfect fix, but I think between Sherman, Adebo, and P-Rob, one of them is going to hit. I do. I think there's a lot of talent there, and I think one of them hits to be a starter, and you're fine. I think you can talk about a lot of corners that way. Josh Norman, I think, is another guy like that. Um, I mean, DJ Hayden's out there. I don't know if he's the same way, but I think, you know, between those guys, I think, you know, you can probably get enough there to where, you know, you're fine and, you know, you're good enough to where you're not worrying too much. You're hoping one of those three guys hit, and I actually think that they would. You go to linebacker, I think the big one there is Quan Alexander. Played in the system. It wouldn't be a big deal to get him up to speed. I think he's the perfect signing here. you see where he's coming back from the injury. And if you're doing that, you have to come in and, you know, have him in for a visit and see what he's up to. I bet the Saints will once training camp starts, if he's, you know, still available. But he's one of those guys that I think played really well. And you put him with Pete Werner. And then, you know, you got something there. You could hedge your bets. You're hoping one of those two. And the same thing, I think, between them two. Also add a Zach Bond. And they're hoping one of them is good enough to play with Mario Davis. I think they would be. KJ writes another guy I think would be a nice addition with um, DeMario Davis if you wanted to bring someone that wasn't on the team last year. Um, so that's that uh, there. And back, back to Richard Sherman, it seems like the Saints are interested in him again. Um, it seems like uh, James Winston, I think, is courting him, which is kind of interesting. Um, and obviously the Chris Richard connection with him and Sherman, that's going to be something notable. If I had to put my money on it, I'd probably say the Saints do end up signing Sherman. Because the Saints know they got the issue there. And Sherman... I think probably doesn't want to, you know, probably the Saints probably wouldn't be his first pick if he had to pick all from 32 teams. But, you know, I think with the situation, it gives him a good situation to come in there with an old coach and, you know, if he can win the job, he can thrive. Saints will play on a big stage. You're hoping a playoff game and he can come up big and then maybe at 34 get another, you know, contract that maybe a two-year contract like $20 million and you can cash out again or $30 million, whatever it ends up being, you can cash out again at 34. So, I mean, that's definitely something interesting wide receiver Golden Tate. I mean, I'm going to say him again. I think he's a good slot guy for the Saints. They don't have a, you know, like a, a guy that's just assigned to play the slot right now. I think Tate would be a good player to add there to at least give you depth in training camp and if he's a good player still has his legs, I think he'd be a good signing for this team at wide receiver, give you another um, you know, weapon for you know on that receiving core and then you know you go to tight end I think that's another place where you can possibly add Jesse James is out there as well. So that's something that you can look into as maybe a guy you can add had a down year last year, but he was pretty good with with, with the Steelers had, you know, after he signed a big deal with Detroit, didn't really have a good few seasons, but I think he's not a bad player. You know, and he's a guy that can fit into that second, third tight end role really well, you know, along with obviously Adam Troutman, um, you know, and you know what the Saints are doing at wide receiver, so that's definitely um, very, very interesting there to see what the Saints can do, because really, you really have that tight end possession, you do not have a lot of depth when looking at it, you have Troutman, you have Nick Vanette, and then it's kind of, like, you don't know what, Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill, Garrett Griffin. you don't really know, um, you know, guys that are transferred to tight end, that's what you're talking about, with Jawan Johnson, who transferred from receiver, and then Taysom Hill, who transferred, obviously, who does everything, in transfer, he's just the utility guy, could be the quarterback, <laughs> I mean... You know, you don't want that guy to be your third tight end if, if you know. I mean, look, Taysom, I think, could play it very well. But, you know, all comes all. If you'd like to have three solidified tight ends like you did last year, I think Jesse James would be a good pick at that as well there. And, you know, you can kind of go on and on about some of these guys. I mean, Amendola is still out there if you want another slot receiver. I mean, just going down the list, you just have so much. But, I mean, so many vets out there. Adrian Claiborne, who's the guy I talked about, I think, last year, to give him like a four-sack guy. He may be a player that can do that. And you just go up and down the list. Gary Conley's out there from Ohio State cornerback. Maybe the Saints, you know, go back to that Ohio State well. Same with Malik Hooker, who's a uh, safety, but maybe you want safety depth um, as well. So that's another interesting thing. Nick Easton's out there if you want some um, line help. So, again, it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how that all plays out, especially with just so many veterans. I mean, obviously, because of the drop in salary cap, that's going to be the case. But just so, so many veterans. And if you're the Saints, you have $12 million, just pick them up on veteran deals. You can get three, four players maybe, you know, if you play correctly. And you can still have, you know, a nice cushion there at, you know, the end of the offseason if you want to trade for someone during the season, stuff like that. I think the Saints would have enough there. I mean, you just go down the list at corner. Just so many guys. Being Brian Poole is another guy out there who had a pretty good year for the Jets. Um, so overall, I mean, Drake Kirkpatrick, who went in with the Saints for a visit, he's going to be available. So, uh, it's definitely going to be, you know, I think the Saints have a lot of picks, not just like you have one guy, you have a lot of picks. And I think that matters a lot for this Saints team. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. That means on Twitter, you can follow us at The Who Dat Dis. And on Instagram, you can follow us at Who Discussion. You can also listen to The Who Dat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. That means iTunes, Spotify. We are on all of those sites. So I think with all that said, it was a great episode. Definitely love talking about the Check extension. I love that move for the Saints, and then, you know, talking about who could be next. <laughs> I thought that was a great conversation. I definitely want to hear what you guys think. Like, who do you want to extend next out of that three person group of Armstead, Lattimore, and Williams? And then also, it's good to see, like, maybe the Saints can fill up some holes here with this newfound cap space at the end and, you know, make me feel a little better because a few positions I'm a little worrisome going into 2021. So they can add that depth there, that veteran depth. I'd be a lot more happy going into the season. I think they're actually going to do it because they just have too much cap space. And like, you know, that's something that, yes, you can roll it over, but when you have hold and you have guys out there to fill it, it's not like, you know, you don't really have no one out there. There's a lot of vets that you can go and fill out out your roster with. And if you're the Saints, it's an undeniable place where you, I I think you definitely should if you, you know, want to go back to the playoffs and, you know, go far in the playoffs. I I think that's going to be very, very important there. And hopefully it's a guy like Richard Sherman. I think that would be a great ad. You could hedge your bets nicely. Same with Kawan Alexander, as we all know. And maybe even a Golden Tate, which I think would be a nice pickup for the Saints. Uh, So definitely a great episode. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening. Turn it loose. And who dat?